Good morning and welcome to Startup Nation, our weekly podcast that celebrates innovation and entrepreneurship. Startup Nation is brought to you by Dublin Business Innovation Centre, where ambitious founders get support to start and scale new businesses. At Dublin BIC, we work with startups to get them investor ready and also to assist them raise the funding needed to grow their business. I'm Connor Carmody. I hope you'll stay with me over the next hour as we explore emerging trends in the world of technology and business. So we have previously talked in this show about Industry 4.0, and today I want to go back again and look at a subset of that topic, and particularly asset management and tracking across industry. Let's think for a moment about the pharma industry. Compliance, regulation, pricing, all big challenges, and none are new to the pharmaceutical industry. Over the last two years with the pandemic, there are additional questions about maybe the reliability of supply to meet increasing demand. Throw in changing customer expectations and you have a complex set of issues to be managed. And it seems to me one of the drivers of success in addressing some of these challenges requires us to look at asset management and planning as part of that strategic approach. It's critical not only for compliance and safety, but also for overall success. I read recently that a large pharma plant typically has about 30 to 40,000 fixed assets. The location of each requires to be readily known for identification, maintenance, repair. And I wondered, how would you track all of these assets to navigate your way around to find those fixed assets faster? And the answer lies in developing an asset management and technology strategy. At an operational level, this means automating the identification, tracking and location of these assets, recording maintenance as it happens, ensuring an accurate audit trail, And this all seems kind of complex and hard to manage. So today, to help me understand what's going on in this industry, I'm joined by Jer Carton, who's the founder of PlantQuest. And they describe themselves as providing a Google Maps type service for industry. PlantQuest received 650,000 in funding at the end of 2020. So we're a year on from that. So I'm dying to hear what's been happening since then. Jer, good morning. You're very welcome. And uh, thanks for coming on to our podcast this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I've been looking forward to it for a while. Kick us off. Tell us a little bit about you. What's your own background? Well, I started out life um, working as an instrumentation apprentice. So instrumentation is process control and automation. So I started off with a company in Sligo called uh, Lotus Works. They provide services to most of the big multinational companies in Ireland. So from a young age, I was exposed to companies like Intel, Boston Scientific, Abbott, AbbVie. Instrumentation is, is kind of at the center of the process. It's, it's, it's what manages and controls and automates the process. So it gives you great exposure to, 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 to electrical and mechanical process engineering. So you really get a feel for how these factories work, what makes them tick. It's, it's like a, it's like a, a cross discipline, discipline for all the world, you know? Okay. So, uh, from a young age, like that, I was traveling around Ireland and I was working in these plants for, for, for prolonged periods of time. We're going to be talking, you mentioned their instrumentation and this notion of, of kind of managing kind of large plants and stuff. So we're going to be talking about plant quest in a minute. But set the scene for me, if you will. What is the problem that you're trying to address? So we talked before about Industry 4.0 and we talked about, you know, how do the factories of the future operate? And you're, you're going to talk to us about plant quest and how do you play into that space. But set me a wider context first. What is the big global issue or trend that you're seeing? Well, I suppose a typical plant, typical large production plant, like, like the pharmaceutical or semiconductor plants they have in Ireland, could have upwards of 30,000, 40,000 individual assets that need to be located. Motors, pumps, transmitters, instrumentation, all that kind of stuff. All these assets, they're, they're, on, a, they're on a maintenance schedule. 
Okay. Sometimes it could be one year, two years, even three years before it, it gets visited. Right. You've got a high turnover of staff in these in these facilities now. Yeah. So if I say to you, Connor, can you go and find X? Your default answer, if you haven't been there for half your life, is I don't know where it is. Right. The next thing you're doing then is you're logging into a computer, you're pulling out drawings, you're looking for drawings. Quite often there isn't drawings. And I've managed teams, I've been part of teams that have wasted five people wasting upwards of eight hours walking around a platform, or a rig or a factory looking for one asset. An asset is typically, it could be a piece of machinery or it could be, you know, uh, something like that. A piece of machinery, a motor, a pump, transmitter, a tank, a vessel, and anything like that, yeah. And how are they managed today? So is it a, is it your view, you're, you know this, uh, that they're, it's kind of haphazard, there's some paper, there's some drawings on a computer, there might be some paper, is it, is it, a, is it as haphazard as, as that? It's tacit knowledge. Okay. Tacit knowledge and there, and, and there, and there is some paper as well. And when you say, when you say tacit knowledge, then you're saying actually there's some person who's been working there for 30 years and they just know how stuff gets done. Exactly. It's that old adage about the guy working in the London Underground, you know? Yeah. You know, he knows where everything is and, and, and he's so and he's so valuable. And that is the kind of thing, like if you've been working in the plant for 30 years, you walk out that door, you take all that knowledge with you. So what, what we're trying to do really is we're trying to take that knowledge out of out of the workers' heads and create nearly a company brain, you know, like somewhere where the company, a repository where, where, where people can take the asset, the knowledge out of people's heads and store it within PlanQuest. It seems remarkably intuitive that in this day and age you'd imagine that this has already happened or happening that already all of these plants have digitized their entire kind of asset management is is am i being naive when i say that no they have look there's this huge industry built around asset management you know this is the the management of the of the, of the procedures and the processes around asset management but a piece that's missing is the location piece okay and the location piece it, it, you know, it, like some of our customers are using it for emergency response, where if an alarm goes off, they need to know where it is. Like one of our customers, they have 6,500 smoke alarms in their facility. Wow. They have 1,900 rooms, you know, so when the alarm goes off, where, where is it, you know? Other people are using it for maintenance. So if they have, if they have new staff coming in to train them to where, find where stuff is, or people who, who might be working shifts who haven't visited a certain part of the plant in a few years. So there's many use cases. If you, if you can imagine... Outside work, if I'm going to your house today, you'll tell me your address, I'll punch it into my phone. Yes. You know, if I'm, if I'm in Dublin and I'm looking for a, 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 a specific type of restaurant, I'll type it in and, I, and it will bring me to it. Uh, so we're just bringing that kind of digital experience that people have outside work into work. Except instead of looking for people's houses and restaurants, you're looking for, for assets and, and, and assets and locations where you need to be working. Okay, so the asset tracking piece or management piece is probably well underway and what PlantQuest is now doing is moving right down to a location. So you're bringing the location piece, I guess, as the as your point of difference. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so tell us then about PlantQuest because I read that your functionality is signal-free, uh, you know, so you're not using networks or GPS or anything. So how are you doing it? Well, that, that's that's one of our USPs. Okay. Uh, so 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 we, so we we keep we keep that that in house. But the, the reason for it is, so within industry, there's greenfield and brownfield facilities. So greenfield facility is a brand new facility. Yeah. All the bells and whistles you would expect with regards to connectivity and networking. You know. Yeah. But and initially, when we started developing this solution, when we when we conceptualized it, 
we were we were looking at these new facilities and looking at the infrastructure there. But pretty soon we found that 95% of the total addressable market is plants that are 20, 30, 40 years old. They have a lot of structural and physical restrictions in terms of uh, how they're built, how they're designed, meaning that, that, that modern day solutions aren't completely applicable to them. Okay. So, that, so a lot of time when you see Industry 4.0, it is, it is like HoloLens, augmented reality, you know, Robocop, the future, you know? <laughs> yeah. But the reality of it is companies are, are screaming out for solutions that are applicable to the, to, to, the, to the vast majority of their portfolio of facilities and assets, as opposed to something that applies to maybe their most bleeding-edge facilities. Very good. And you talk about Google Maps for kind of indoor facilities, uh, as I was looking at the website. It's this notion of intelligent mapping. Explain that to me. Really, what we do is we take a map of the facility, and we, uh, we, have, we have a rules engine that allows companies to apply business rules, logic, and permissions to the maps. So not only are, are, are we showing you how, how to get there, we're showing you the most efficient way to get there, the safest way to get there. And also we're, we're giving you information on the locations, location or locations that you're going to before you get there. So we're kind of, we're, we're front running the needs of the worker when they get there before they even get there. For example, if you're, if you're, if you're routing through a pharmaceutical facility and the quickest route is through a clean room, we're not going to route you through a clean room because you have to gown up, gown down, in and out, you know, or if, or if the quickest route is through um, a really noisy area or a high temperature area or even an area that you don't have permission to be in. So our system takes all that information into account. So it means that visitors can come to, to pharmaceutical facilities and they can work autonomously. People can work alone, newcomers to facilities, they can be, they can be left off on their own sooner than when they would have been because of this solution. And is that presented to me on my phone or on my laptop as a kind of a dashboard? Is it, is it like as intuitive as a Google map where I say, go up here 100 metres, turn right, turn left? Exactly, yeah, exactly. So we have a tablet solution and we have a desktop solution. So the tablet solution is for use in the field and the desktop obviously is to do your recce before you go. So I'm, I'm in a plant, I take out my tablet and I say, here's the things I want to track, here's where I want to go and it navigates and guides me as I go. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So we, so you can do single or multiple assets. So a lot of these facilities are built in systems. So I might say, Connor, can you look at all of the temperature transmitters in this hot water system? Normally, you'd have what's called a PID, that's like a, a, a representation, but it's just by no means is it a map. And you'd be following pipework through the plant for half the day. Yeah. But with our solution now, we actually give you, you know, it's like the, the traveling salesman. So we give you the maybe 15 assets and we give you the shortest route to visit them all. As I was looking at this over the last day, it seems to me that it's a very crowded space. There's lots of people doing asset management and asset tracking and everyone's talking about it and people are using LoRa or they're using kind of whatever kind of in-house uh, telemetry and blah, blah, blah. What sets you apart, do you think? And what's what's been responsible for your success thus far? I think a, a lot of the asset tracking is is based around tracking mobile assets. Okay. So that's assets that, that, that move around the plant. And, and a lot of people tend to neglect the fixed assets, which is, the, which is 98% of the assets in a facility. Um, so initially, we, we, we were exclusively focused on locating fixed assets. 
And uh, that's enabled us to get into, into two of the world's biggest uh, pharmaceutical companies. And now, now we're actually doing some work with the, with, with the, with the European Space Agency on developing a mobile asset tracking solutions. So what we're endeavouring to do is to give these companies a 360-degree view of all their assets so not just fixed assets, and but also mobile assets too. But really, the pain point for a lot of companies is within fixed assets, and a lot of people aren't uh, focusing on that. Okay, and you mentioned your USP was your ability. One of your the things that set you apart is your ability not to have to rely on kind of traditional uh, GPS or whatnot. So, insofar as you can, tell me what do you do instead if you're not using those traditional methodologies. We have a rules engine and with our, with our solution, so obviously when you're using telemetry, uh, when you're using GPS or, or BLE, you know, your, your device can pick up your location within the facility. With our solution, you have to tell it when you're in a signal-free environment, you tell it where you are and where you want to go. Whereas in a, in a, in a, signaled, facility, a signaled environment, it knows where you are. Your GPS chip in your phone can see you, you know. But once once you go once you go indoors, that GPS is gone. And to give that kind of GPS in, uh, experience, you need to pepper this place in in uh, BLE or, 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 or very modern routers. And w- while that is possible, the capex and the opex involved in doing that in the size of facilities that we're after makes the solution unviable to a lot of companies. So by replacing traditional telemetry with a rules-based where you've mapped out that facility is, is kind of what you're doing. You're replacing, you're replacing it with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we also, we also, use, um, we also build a neural network based on the, the instrumentation on the, on, the, on the tablet itself then to, to provide feedback to the user. It seems unique from the little bit of research that I managed to do on it. Everyone else is talking about using traditional GPS or what not to do it. So are you the only guys doing this and are you are you leading the industry or are you reacting to kind of industry trends? The niche that we're in, we feel that we're, we're leading it because, you know, you see, you see a lot of a lot of kind of people come, come kind of flirting, flirting in the in the in the pharmaceutical market. But a lot of them are, are coming from, from outwit the pharmaceutical industry. So they're, um, you know, they're, a lot of them are focused on airports. A lot of them are, are looking at driving customers to, uh, to certain shops. And, and, and they, they have a big kind of marketing play. Whereas we, we're, we're deep in, in, in the pharmaceutical space we are. Interesting. When you think about your future, are you exclusively pharma? Or is pharma your beachhead and then the world is your oyster beyond that? Farmers are beachhead, and there's there's a lot of analogous um, industries out there as well. You know, obviously in in Ireland it's uh, med device semiconductor, um, and then outside of Ireland, uh, obviously we you know it'll be those industries, including farm as well, and oil and gas. Okay, so any industry that's really looking to manage and track and mine assets uh, on a broad kind of scale is is a potential market for you. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And, and, and I suppose one, one important point to make is that all these companies, they have, they have multiple systems for, for looking after assets, but these assets have, these, these systems, they're, they're very, very highly regulated, very costly, and, and a big management overhead for every asset that you put onto these systems. So invariably, you'll have a lot of assets that, to the process, are not that important, but to the facility, they're quite important. But a lot of them end up living on, on, uh, 
Excel spreadsheets. So we're looking to kind of compile not just the important stuff to the process, but also even stuff like fire extinguishers, bait points, all this kind of stuff that it's a very important job to somebody, you know? Yeah. Um, and all that information has been put into PlanQuest as well. You mentioned, as we were talking about ESA, the European Space Agency, what's what's the angle there? That seems kind of interesting. Yeah, we've recently started working with ESA at um, looking at uh, developing a mobile asset tracking solution. So we were we were exclusively looking at the fixed assets for a long time, and and we've been talking to customers, and they're saying, okay, look, you've got you've got the platform in place, you have you have the maps in place, you're able to track all our fixed assets. How about mobile assets? And again, talking to different departments within these companies, you know, they're looking to track everything from from uh, straps for lifting to mobile vessels for mixing mixing uh, batches of pharmaceuticals to, to MEWPs, cherry pickers. They're even losing cherry pickers, would you believe? How does somebody lose a cherry picker? Yeah, well, I think if you have a factory big enough, you, lose, you can lose it <laughs> fairly easily. Yeah, yeah. So using technology then, a separate technology, I guess, required to track mobile assets. Yeah, well, we, we've cracked the technology for, for tracking them indoors, but outdoors, obviously, the logical solution is to, is to use a satellite-based uh, technology. So we're working with ESA at, uh, to do that. Fantastic. Why would not a Google who have done an outdoor mapping, why would they not apply their, their brains to an indoor mapping? And is that is that a kind of a potential threat that one of the bigger guys comes in and does what you're doing better, faster, cheaper? Look, it's, 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 it's always a risk. It's, it's not one, that, it's not one that, 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 that we've rated very highly on our, on, our, on our big list of risks to our company. Yeah. Look, these companies, they're... They're, they have very specific needs, you know, and in terms of the market size for a Google, I think, I think it's nearly too, it's too refined and too niche for them. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a big niche for us, you know. Fair, fair answer. Let's talk about you and the startup journey. At the end of 2020, you raised a 650k round. Talk to me about kind of some of the steps up to raising that. And then I'm really intrigued to hear what's happened in in a COVID year after you raised the round, how, how your growth has continued. Yeah, so I suppose this this week, actually, four years ago, um, I started New Frontiers uh, okay. in Waterford. Right. Uh, prior, to, pr- prior to that, I'd been working um, in South Korea for, for Samsung okay. in, their, uh, in their shipyard out there for a Japanese oil company. Okay, and that's when I, I I really experienced the problem of 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 locating assets. I had 120 people working for me, and they were costing us I think a million and a half a month, and 30 percent of our time was wasted looking for equipment. Right. So it was a massive problem. So I had moved into a workspace in Waterford. I just finished a degree in economics at the time, and I had uh, I had committed to to changing my career. So I was working with a career guidance counselor, and I was looking at software development, product management. With, with, with an open mind to, to joining a startup. So my co-founder, who I'd worked with previously, was experiencing the exact same problems I had in Korea, in, but in Kuwait. Um, and we started talking about solution. And uh, Tom, my co-founder, he, he had been working with uh, doing a, an innovation voucher with CIT, okay. kind of looking at this problem. And yeah, we, look, I said, look, I'm looking, at, I'm looking to do new frontiers here. Can, I, can, can, can we join forces here? Yeah. So yeah, we got into new frontiers. Yeah, New Frontiers was a, was a good experience. You know, it, it was a very safe space and provided a bit a bit of funding to uh, to get going. And within about eight or nine months, I had I had gotten CSF Competitive Start Fund. We had started talking to uh, oil companies, 
to sell them the, the product, but the, the, it was a very hard market for us to penetrate. And it just so happened at the time then I had started uh, consulting part-time uh, with a big pharma company one day a week. Yeah. And I started talking to people in pharma and, and it turned out that, that, they, that they had the same problem, except they were on our doorstep. They weren't all over the world. So we started pitching it to them and then started the very, very long sales process that you have with pharmaceutical companies. A two-year sales cycle? 15 to 18 months at least, yeah. yeah 15 yeah. to 18 months at least. Uh, and that was some, that's something that we weren't prepared for. It's the most important thing to you, but to them, you're, you're just another vendor. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So having, having kind of worked your way through that, talk to me about the funding and, and going raising that funding journey because, you know, our listeners are always interested in how do people pull together rounds of, of the size that you did and what was, what was involved in doing that? So we went down the, the EI high potential startup route. It was uh, more or less matched, matched funding from EI. We, we, we had a very charmed uh, funding journey. The first people we spoke to, Gave us the money. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a short. It's a short story, not a long story. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm sorry if you're looking for uh, for a load of pain and misery. It, 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 there was it, no, the, the the investment process wasn't 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 completely straightforward. But uh, I wasn't even looking for money. I had a casual conversation with 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 a with a, with a guy, and it led to uh, it led to some, getting some funding from uh, Southeast Asia from a pharmaceutical. Group of group of people in, in, who invest in pharmaceutical uh, focused companies in Southeast Asia. Well, you've just ruined our podcast. Now we have no big journey to talk about. But <laughs> yeah. but I suppose it, it does talk a little bit, I guess, Jer, to to timing, and it talks to being in the right place at the right time, which is always one of the key things. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose I've always been a good networker. Yeah, you know, you know, I I, I will talk to you again, you know, for something, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, so 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 it really does speak to it. Look, I was I, I got introduced to this person through consulting part time in the industry that what I was selling into. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm always open to having conversations, and I think you know it's not luck. It's that old age: the harder I work, the luckier I get. Yeah, you know, yeah, you have yeah. to put yourself in the position to 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 meet people. You know, you have to. It's about getting getting out and meeting people. And you look, you've you've a compelling story, obviously, and uh, having the right context, the right background. There's a set of circumstances that come together, I guess. Talk to me about what's happened since you raised the money. You know, what progress have you made uh, over the last year? It's it's coming up now eleven months, ten months since we since we raised our money. In that time, I suppose the the big the big progress for us from a product perspective is we've launched our the web version of our product. So that's. That's uh, suppose our first, uh, uh, the first iteration was an MVP and it was tablet based. And now what we've done is we've built a web version and a web portal that allows users to manage the solution themselves. Yeah. Uh, Customer wise, we've onboarded two of the world's biggest pharmaceutical companies. That's a fairly big milestone. It is a, a very big milestone. Yeah, and, and, and hard got. You know, and I suppose when you're in it, you don't, you don't, you don't recognize how big a milestone it is. But when you, when you talk to other people, it is, it is a very big milestone. Yeah. So we're, we're pleased about that. But again, you know, going back to the sales process, you know, the, the sales process is, is, is very long. And that's something that we've, that we've actually put implemented this year as well. Another big milestone for us was, was getting a CRM in place and getting that kind of cadence in our, in our sales process, you know, which, which is, is massive, massive, has been a massive uh, learning and, and benefit to us. Yeah. And the team, does the team continue to grow? The team, would you believe, is three people, three full-time and two, two 
more or less full time contractors. Uh, we're just we're just in the in, in we're in the hiring process at the moment. Now we're looking to to bring on a, a senior developer. Right. So we're 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 fighting against everybody else in Ireland for the for the very small pool of developers who are looking for jobs. Yeah. Is it hard to is staff attraction staff recruitment is it difficult at this point? Yeah, it is. It is. There's no point in saying it isn't. You know, we're we're, we're looking. We're looking. So we have one remote worker. So we're working um, with one guy in the UK. Yeah. And uh, he's hired through uh, through an Irish company called Boundless. Okay. That we that we work with. Yeah, it is going to be very interesting as we return to whatever normal is going to be. But you know, this notion of coming to a physical location to work. You know, people people are looking for something different. I think post pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And look, we're 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 more or less a fully remote company. We we do have an office, and 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 I go there a lot. You know, and we do try and get together as much as possible. Yeah, no. Look, we're we're, we're open to that, and and we're finding that. Our, our customers, they're, they're not bothered either. You know, they're yeah. you know, so long as so long as the work is getting done, you know, they're they're fine. It is amazing how you know within two years everything we thought we couldn't do, it actually turns out we can we can do it. Actually, yeah, it is good too because it just gives you access to such a wide talent pool around the world. You know, yes, yeah, of course. Jer, finally, what's the big vision for the future? When I meet you again in five years' time, what sort of a company will you have become? We're going to double down on what we're doing. So that's providing a 360 view on all assets within the facility. And we've already started this, but we're looking at, at a modularized solution. Right. So that's developing. That, that, so rather than saying to you, Connor, here's a solution that can find everything within your facility, stick 20,000 assets on it and away you go. So what we're doing is we're looking at departmental level. Okay. And we're looking, at, we're looking at specific pain points that individual departments have. So, so, you, so what you'll do is you buy PlanQuest, the basic kind of maps and intelligence and rules engine and mapping. And then you will look at your specific subset of assets. We look at it together and say, okay, what kind of workflows can we put around this? You know? Yeah. So we could be selling to the EHS department. We could be selling to the facilities department. We could be selling to the maintenance department. And it's, it's really acting as, as a place where they can, can aggregate all their assets. And then through an API, they can connect to their maintenance management system. Very their building good. management system, their automation system, you know. So again, it's coming at it, at it from that from the digital twin perspective, you know. Yes. And if you think of what's the world's biggest digital twin, it's Google Maps. Yes. So it start it started off as as roads and find my way. Then you had demographic information, you had restaurant information, you've cinema information, you've weather information, and it's building them layers up to enable smart and intelligent decision making to be made within pharmaceutical companies initially and then branching out. Jared, thank you so much for uh, joining us this morning and for sharing your story. It was great to chat with you and uh, the very best of luck for the future. Thanks for having me and hopefully we'll chat again soon, Connor. Thanks. That's Jer Carton of PlantQuest and building a digital twin and his indoor mapping solution. Fascinating stuff. That's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed hearing how people are coming up with ideas and setting up businesses. It's challenging. It's also very rewarding. And uh, I'm sure you'll join me in wishing Jer every success in his new and ongoing venture. We hope the story you heard today and across the Startup Nation series will inspire you to give it a go. If you have a great idea and are thinking of starting or scaling a company, if you would like some support, do get in touch with us at startup at dublinbic.ie. That's it for now from Startup Nation. Good morning.